subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. Digest issue number 25, The Follower. This is loosely based on a true story. Many of the events you are about to hear actually happened. This story is called The Follower, written by Chrissy Fox. We've all heard ghost stories, haunted house stories, bump in the night scare you to death stories. But have you ever heard of a person being haunted? I only ask because... That's what I am. I'm haunted. I've tried to wish it away since I was very young. Tried not to believe it. I don't know if it's just a classic ghost that's been following me, or several, or maybe it's something else entirely. All I know is it's something. And it's really fucking scary. When I was a little kid, I always felt really alone. My mom would be dating random guys, and I had yet to meet my real father. Probably why from the beginning, the experiences always really freaked me out. I'll never forget the first one. It still gives me goosebumps. I was six years old and asleep in my bed. My mom was on the other side of our single-family house, sleeping with the flavor of the month. I was awoken by sounds of pots and pans crashing from the kitchen. It sounded like they were being torn from the cabinet and thrown onto the floor. I sat up in a panic. The house was dark. Eerie feeling. My first thought was my mom was awake and being loud in the kitchen. But for some reason, something was making me feel uncertain. I could feel the little hair standing up on the back of my neck. I crept from my bed, and instead of investigating the kitchen, which honestly I was too terrified to do... I tiptoed down the long hall in the opposite direction to my mom's bedroom. The door was open a crack. I push the door and it creaks open slowly, revealing my mom and what's-his-face totally asleep in bed. It was something else. Mommy? I said. The man beside her grunts. She doesn't respond. I feel something behind me. Some kind of presence. In a panic, I sprint to my room and slam my bedroom door behind me, then jump into my bed, wrapping the blankets around my tiny neck. I was so scared. So much time passes. It feels like hours. But I was sick, so it could have been minutes. My tiny body is exhausted from the fear and adrenaline. My eyelids are heavy, and I begin to drift towards sleep. Something hits the side of my face with such force I feel instantly dizzy. It stings horribly. I start screaming in terror. I can't stop. It hit me! That was the moment I knew. 
whatever it was, it could hurt me and wanted to. My mom came running into my bedroom and turned on my bedroom light. The side of my face was dark red from the impact and already starting to bruise. In my panicked little voice, I explained to her something hit me and it was making a mess in the kitchen. My mom tried to say maybe something fell from my dresser on its own and hit me in the face. There's no ghost. We both look over at my dresser in doubt. It's nowhere near my bed. My mother says she's going to go check out the kitchen and I searched the floor for something that could have fallen and hit me. Nothing. My room was spotless. Nothing on the floor. My mom wouldn't have it any other way. I hear my mother gasp loudly from the kitchen and I run to her and we both stand in shock silence. The kitchen is destroyed. Pots and pans, broken glass everywhere. From that day on, I never doubted ghosts were real. I was also way too afraid to ever admit that out loud. That was until things continued to get worse. I met my real dad when I was 14. We had lunch with my mom the day we met. I showed him pictures of me through the years. My mom brought some of my schoolwork she was proud of. It was nice. He seemed nice. Why he had left in the first place didn't really matter to me. I was focused on the now and happy to connect with another part of who I was. My dad and I spoke on the phone often because he lived in another town over four hours away. Finally, the day came where we all agreed I would go stay with him and his live-in girlfriend for the weekend. He insisted I'd like her. She had two cats and was a singer. She sounded cool and interesting to me, even though I could tell my mom wasn't thrilled about the idea. My dad picked me up early that Friday morning. I got to miss school, which was extra exciting to me. We met his girlfriend Lori for lunch before we went back to their house. He was right. She was cool and seemed fun. I couldn't wait to meet the cats fluff and ding ding. When I got to their house, it felt weird to me. Right from the moment I walked in. They gave me the tour and showed me where I'd be sleeping. Off the kitchen, I noticed a door. I opened it and peered inside. Lori came up behind me and slammed the door shut. She explained that they rented the house and they never went down there. It was full of old furniture and things the owner seemed to be storing. My dad added that they hear sounds from the basement once in a while and joke that the house might be haunted, so they didn't want to mess with things down there as not to anger it. <laughs> ding ding, the cat came up behind me and rubbed against my leg. I was so excited to see her. I've always loved cats. I knelt down in front of Ding Ding and put out my hand for her to smell. The cat freaked out and swatted me hard, like she smelled evil or something. Blood dripped down my hand. Lori panicked and swore she never saw Ding Ding hurt a fly. My dad got their first aid kit and they cleaned me up. I was fine with it. I still like the cat. They said the other one, Fluff, hadn't come out from under the bed since I got there. I was making a great impression. <laughs> it was getting late and Lori said she was going to run out to the store and get us some fun snacks so we could watch a movie. My dad turned on the TV and handed me the remote. He said he was going to go take a quick shower and for me to watch whatever I want. I sat alone in the dimly lit living room. Friends was on, and always my go-to TV show choice, so I settled in and watched the one where Ross is fine. I felt happy and overwhelmed. Meeting my dad and suddenly having this whole other side to my life was crazy. But it was good for me. All I ever wanted, really. <laughs> to feel whole. Suddenly the lights flickered. I hear some clanging coming from the basement. I mute the TV and listen. My breathing is heavy and nervous. Without warning, the sound comes back on the TV. It's much louder than I had it. It startles me and I stifle a scream. The channels begin switching rapidly. I try to turn the TV off, but it won't stop. 
I jump up and turn off the TV at the bottom of the screen. I exhale, relieved. A creak rings out from behind me. The dining room is just off the living room. The noise seems to be coming from there. I turn slowly. One of the chairs is at an odd angle. I hear the floorboards creak. I take a step towards the dining room and freeze when I realize a giant shadow of a figure towers up the wall. The shadow moves slightly. I slap my hand over my mouth. (gasps) Chaos and banging from the basement suddenly becomes deafening, ringing through the house. My dad rushes from his bedroom, his hair still wet. He asks me what the hell's going on. I must have been white as a sheet because he takes my hand. We both pause and then creep towards the basement door. He flings it open. It's pitch black at the bottom of the stairs. My dad clicks on the light switch and the lights flicker, but they illuminate the basement enough for the two of us to go down and investigate. I'll never forget the creak of the stairs as they would give under our weight. We slowly reach the bottom and my dad makes a weird sound of terror as we realize all of the furniture is now stacked in the middle of the room. Go! My dad orders me. The basement light goes off and my dad and I pound up the stairs and slam the door behind us. We never talked about that night again. I never even mentioned it to my mom and feared that she would think it was unsafe for me to see my dad. Things would happen to me from time to time after that. Nothing as big as when I was 6 and 14. I always shrugged it off and wished it away. When I was 24, my best friend Joanna and I moved into this amazing house in the hills. It was so awesome for two single girls. She had a section of the upstairs and I had the other half of the upstairs and the whole bottom floor. She sort of ruined our hot girl summer plan by getting a boyfriend. Daryl was this total hipster guy who played drums in an indie band called A Midnight Storm in the Sunshine. We had to go to a lot of their shows. They were only okay, but Daryl singer Lebanon was pretty hot, so at least I could zone out on him. It wasn't long before Daryl moved in with us, so I ended up putting a deadbolt on the door that connected our parts of the house, just so I had my privacy. Once my side of the house was locked off, at night my cat Winston began making these strange sounds. He would wake me up howling and moaning at the end of my bed, staring at the ceiling. One night he was freaking me out so bad that I picked him up and locked him out of my bedroom. I was exhausted and just wanted to fucking sleep without feeling like I was always about to be attacked or something. I drifted off. Not much time could have passed when... BAM! Something huge smashed downstairs. Did someone kick my glass door in? Words can't describe how terrified I was in that moment. I hear Daryl call out to me. Are you okay? What the hell was that? I have no idea! I yell back to him. I creep down the stairs, not wanting to investigate, but knowing I have to. I get to the bottom of the stairs and enter the dark living room. Ouch! Fuck! I stepped on glass. I can feel the dampness on the bottom of my foot. I'm definitely bleeding. I turn on the light in the living room, revealing a gigantic piece of art I had hanging on the back wall shattered in the middle of the room, as though it had been tossed 30 feet. It was impossible. I look over at the front door and see Daryl staring at me through the window. He sees the art and clearly realizes how insane this is. There's no way. The thing I'll always remember about that event was Daryl's eyes. They were so wide with fear. It made me even more afraid of my house. I guess I should have listened to my cat. After the whole artwork incident, my best friend Joanna and I talked about the possibility of a ghost following me. A lot. I didn't like to talk about it, but it had become too real. 
I now was waiting to physically see its form. I knew at some point the ghost or whatever it was would show itself. I was afraid when I did that. It would mean it was finally strong enough to really hurt me. Or worse. But I was ready. I knew it would happen and I always had my eyes open. Looking for it. Almost welcoming it. I was sick of it playing with me. Sick of spending my life afraid of it. We stuck around in that house a little longer. It was so awesome to throw parties in or just chill on the giant balcony with a glass of wine. The final straw was one sticky August night. Daryl was at band practice and Joanna and I were sitting downstairs at my kitchen table having snacks and cocktails. Gossiping about some guy that was pursuing me but I definitely was not into at all. We had those doors that alert the whole house when it's opened. Not the best when someone comes home late from the bar, but it also kind of gave us peace of mind. It was really late, and outside the house was covered in darkness. We were up in the hills, after all. There's just trees and mountains and wildlife. We hear, Front door, open. Ring out from Joanna's part of the house. Our blood literally freezes. More of Bleeder's Digest, issue number 25. The Follower. After this. Instantly, Joanna calls Daryl, and he confirms he's not at home. We both grab a knife from the kitchen drawer and step outside. The motion lights illuminate her front door that is completely separate from mine. Yep. It was open. I fucking locked it. Joanna insisted. Hello? Hello? We hear a loud crash and the sound of something running through the bushes. We run into my side of the house and lock the door. Joanna dials the police. They put her on hold and we both gasp as the sound of footsteps upstairs thumps over our head. We run outside and lock ourselves in my car. When the police finally showed up, they found nothing. I'm not surprised. Neither of us were. We know it's the follower. The presence. It wants me. We moved out of that house the following week. I wasn't convinced that would solve the problem, but I knew I couldn't be there anymore. Joanna moved in with Daryl, and I found these great renovated loft apartments in the middle of the city. They had security at the front desk, and no one could enter without being cleared. I felt safe there. For a while, at least. I didn't even consider that the lofts were made from an old department store built in the 1920s. Come on, you idiot. You have ghosts. Joanna and I had been referring to whatever was haunting me as the follower. Because it seemed to go everywhere I did. This place was no different. I was still waiting for it to show me itself. Its form. I knew it wanted to, and it was a matter of time before it did. But at that point, I was focused on my new boyfriend. And for the first time in a long time, I was really happy. He had kids, which was kind of intimidating for a 26-year-old girl who'd been single and partying the past couple years. But I needed to settle down, and this would definitely force me to. One night after a lot of wine and some crazy sex, my boyfriend David and I were just being lazy on my bed, talking and laughing into the night. He looked past me at all the art I had hanging on the wall above my bed. My ceilings were crazy high because my loft had the bones of an old department store. I had a ton of cool art hanging. I was pretty proud of my collection. He stared for a moment and then said, Hey, did you notice your pictures are always crooked? Yeah, I I guess, I said. David stood on my bed and straightened all six pieces. He jumped down and walked to the kitchen. Come here. He commands. 
I come around the corner and enter my kitchen. I have a signed Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster hanging on my kitchen wall. It was a gift from David. He got it for me after I told him it was one of my favorite films. Did you notice this one is always very crooked to the left? He adjusts the poster. He refills our wine glasses and I follow him as he re-enters the bedroom area. We both look above my bed and exhale hard. All of the pictures are crooked again, but extremely angled. Someone would have had to shift them like that. What the fuck? David said. He runs back to the kitchen and the Texas Chainsaw poster was crooked the other way. No fucking way. You have a fucking ghost. I don't respond, but I think, no shit, David. David goes, Okay, ghost, show me what you can do about this. He wraps the straightened poster in packing tape. It's secured to the wall. No way that's moving. I shrug off the drama and we head to bed, falling asleep to The Shining. I had no idea I was this tired. David awoke early the next morning as it was his turn to drive his kids to school. He kissed me and jumped out of bed to make us coffee. I put the pillow over my head. I'm so not a morning person. David lets out a terrified yell from the kitchen. I come running and my heart stops when I see the Texas Chainsaw poster completely off the wall and propped neatly on top of the trash can against a pillar. What the actual fuck? It was playing with us. From that day forward, David, a guy who never really believed in this kind of thing, was convinced. He would always taunt whatever was haunting me. It would actually make me mad because he got to leave and go sleep somewhere else. I had to stay there alone. The night that it all really turned, I'll never forget. How could I? November 25th, 2018. I was hiding out away from all the holiday madness. It was never really me. David asked me to consider coming out to meet him for a drink at a bar downtown. I had just gotten back to my apartment from the upstairs gym and I knew it was very unlikely I would venture out. I hadn't been sleeping much the past few weeks. The moment I would drift off, my cat would go crazy, or the keys on the holder by the front door would start swinging alone. Yeah. So, I just turned on some music and decided to make myself a snack before I took a shower. I was vibing to this mellow song when... I jumped out of my skin. More pounding at the door. Shit. My music must be too loud. Someone was a dick and called the security desk. I was feeling oddly antisocial and just turned the music down but never went to answer my door. Fuck it. I'll be quiet. They'll go away. I waited. Sure enough. No more knocking. I re-enter the bathroom and turn on my shower. Steam fills the room floating up to the impossibly high ceilings. A hot shower felt incredible. When I switched the shower off, there was so much steam I could barely see the bathroom counter. I notice, in the wall-sized mirror off to the far end, what looks like a tall silhouette. As I watch, it fades off into nothing. In a panic, I open the bathroom door to release some of the steam. I feel something in there. Watching me. The mist slips out into the dark apartment. Why is it dark out there? I never turned off the lights. I look at myself all warped in the fogged over mirror. I hear a sudden scratching. From the corner of my eye, I see movement. I look up at the top of the bathroom mirror. It's so high that if I stood on the counter, I couldn't reach it. I let out a terrified wail when I realized someone has written the word high at the top of the mirror. I stare at it completely paralyzed in fear. As I watch, fingerprints begin to appear in the condensation on the wall above it, one after the other. 
as though something is walking across the wall on its hands. I run from the bathroom, slamming the door shut behind me. I know it's the follower. I can feel it. It's familiar. The way it just crawls under my skin. I know it's here. It's watching me. I pick up my phone and call the front desk of my building. I had to, at least, ask. The front desk? Um, hi. It's Danielle from apartment 505. Has anyone been in my apartment? Like, maintenance or whatever? No, ma'am, but I'm glad you called because a man was running around your floor in some kind of state. He was carrying a large butcher knife and knocking on doors to see who would answer. When was this? About 30 minutes ago. We've called the police and we have the entire staff looking for him. Holy shit. That was the knocking on my door. Thank fucking God I was feeling antisocial. It always pays off. I'm shaking as I ask. How did he get in here? We believe he's a guest of a resident and staying in their unit while they're away. He's most likely messed up on drugs or something. We apologize and we'll let you know when the situation is handled. Okay. Thanks. I hang up the phone. Wow. I'm relieved these doors just lock as soon as you close them. I secure my deadbolt and pour myself a very large glass of wine. Great. So I'm trapped in here with a ghost or face the violent drug trip in the hall. Definitely time for some friends. I turn on my favorite show and polish off the entire bottle of wine. Not the best thing to help me deal, but it certainly calmed my nerves. I pass out in a heap on my bed. I'm not sure how much time had passed, but when I woke up, I was cold. I could feel a chill down my back. The apartment was dark again, even though I knew I had turned on every single light. I sense something. I can't explain it, I just... It just feels like it's behind me. My eyes are blurry from sleepiness and the wine. I roll over and see it. The form. The follower is finally showing me itself. Just as I knew it would. After all these years. It was the shape of a large man. I don't know why, but even though I was afraid, I turned away from it. I look at the time on my bedside clock. 3.37 a.m. Guess I'm not meeting David for that drink. Hopefully he's not pissed that I never called him. I know the follower is watching me from the doorway, but I don't turn back to it. I close my eyes, and I immediately start drifting back towards sleep. Look, you have to understand, I've been expecting this my whole life. In some ways, it's kind of comforting to see for myself that I really am not crazy. Not more than a few minutes had passed before I feel something climb onto my bed. It's not the first time. Sometimes I wake up and it holds me down from my chest. But this time, it's just sitting there. I don't open my eyes. I don't want to see it anymore. I hold my breath, hoping it'll just go away. Holy fuck! I think it just stabbed a knife into my side. I thrash and the man flips me on my back. It's not a fucking ghost at all. There's a fucking man in my apartment. It's the fucking psycho with the butcher knife. My eyes are now wide open.
staring at his scarred face. He's really fucking big and too strong for me to fight. He slowly brings the knife towards my throat and watches in fascination as he inserts it into the side of my neck. It only hurts for a second. Then I just feel cold. The wetness of my blood pools in my bed. I feel my muscles relax. I know I'm dying. I just hope he lets me go in peace. He doesn't. The large form that proves to be more monster than man stabs me over and over, making these strange sounds I can only assume as him enjoying this. My eyes are still open, although I'm fairly certain I'm no longer alive. The man disappears into the darkness. My last thought as a living person was that I spent my entire short lifetime being afraid of the dead. When it was the living, I should have been afraid of all along. Perhaps the follower knew and was trying to warn me, to save me. I'm one of them now. One of the followers. So if you ever feel us, experience us, my advice is, try to listen. There are much darker things out there that surround you every single day. I'm still haunted. I forever will be. Just now I'm haunted by something else entirely. (sighs) The Follower. Written by Chrissy Fox. Based on true events. Featuring Chrissy Fox as Danielle. Spider-One as David in front desk. Michelle Carter as Joanna. Ben Morris as Daryl. Engineering, production, and sound design by Chrissy Fox. Theme music by Tyler Connolly, Chrissy Fox, and Trevor Shand. Bleeder's Digest is created and curated by Spider One, Chrissy Fox, Trevor Shand, and Lauren Shand. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode. Bleeder's Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.